0: Hello, and welcome to the Eurowhat, episode number 94 for the week of September 14th, 2020. I'm Ben Smith, and typically, Mike McComb and I are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest. This week, though, it's just me with another audio essay. We'll get back to our usual combo of diving into the history of the contest and looking at any news for 2021 next time. But for now, let's go on something a little more thematically appropriate for what I'll be talking about today. 2020 has been a weird year in general, but we've got a unique situation for the 2021 Eurovision season, with 19 returning artists that technically didn't get to compete with the songs they entered at their initial competition. Even if that number doesn't increase, that's still the most returning acts ever, surpassing the 1985 contest, which recently aired on Eurovision again, and featured 12 returning lead performers. With this in mind, I wanted to dive into the history of artists who have performed more than once at the competition to see if there's any advantage to returning. A massive thanks goes out to Will Howells' Six On Stage website, which is tracking everyone who's taken part in the Eurovision Song Contest. That project has a special focus on backing singers in the competition, and there's some truly fascinating nuggets on the site, like the 17 total times that George Costa was a backing performer the most appearances of any kind on the Eurovision stage. But today I'll be strictly focusing on the main artists. Before we get a move on diving into my big, scary spreadsheet full of results, I want to define what I mean by a main artist or lead artist right now at the top of the show. As we look at performers, I'm going to be breaking things down on a granular level into every separate lead performer from a country's act for a given year, whether they were a solo act, part of a duet, or a full band or group of performers. For a group like The Mamas, that means I'm going to have three separate names in my spreadsheet. Ashley Haynes, Lulu Lamott, and Dinah jonas Mana The Mamas aren't actually going to appear on today's show, though, because while they've been a backing group for John Lundvik in 2019, they were only a lead act for Sweden in 2020. If Ashley Haynes goes solo and wins Melody Festival in 2021, she'd count towards being a lead artist twice. As we'll see in the next 27 minutes, there are plenty of artists who appeared in multiple permutations and combinations of performing groups over the years. Let's start out by talking about the best case scenario for a return performer, success. look at repeat performers, Johnny Logan sets the gold standard, and for good reason. Of the 184 performers that have made multiple appearances as lead performers on the Eurovision stage, whether solo or as part of a group, only one has come first every single time they appeared, and that's Johnny Logan. 1980's What's Another Year? and 1987's Hold Me Now aren't his only Eurovision claims to fame, though they intersect directly with another two-time performer at at the contest, Linda Martin. Johnny Logan wrote both of the songs Linda Martin performed at Eurovision. The first, Terminal 3, came in second place in 1984, and 1992's Why Me gave Martin the win as performer and Logan a third win as writer. That's not a bad batting average for either performer. And together, they comprise three of Ireland's seven total wins at the contest. Johnny Logan has four Eurovision performances he can be linked with, but surprisingly, he's not the only one. If Eurovision had a four-timers club, four performers would join him there. Food Leclerc, the group Peter, Sue, and Mark, Elizabeth Andreessen, and the only artist from this group that's performed on the Eurovision stage in the last decade, Valentina Moneta. Food Leclerc was the first lead performer to appear at four separate Eurovision Song Contests, performing at the first Eurovision as one of two performers for Belgium in 1956. He then returned to represent the nation every two years in 1958, 1960, and 1962, Alas for Leclerc, in addition to being the first performer to appear on stage four times, he is also one of the first acts to receive the dreaded No Point for that 1962 performance, though he shares that distinction with three other acts who performed that year due to a change in the scoring system. Peter, Sue, and Mark represented Switzerland four times in the 1970s and 80s, and have an impressive record of performing in four separate languages across those performances. 1971's Les Illusions de Nos virance marked their first appearance for the Swiss, performing in French, with follow-up performances in 1976 with Jombo Jombo in English, and in 1979 with Trondler & Co. singing in German. Where they also beat little big to doing that weird knee dance thing as part of providing percussion for their act elsewhere in the decade the trio just missed representing the swiss in 1973 and 1974 and they placed third in the german selection for 1978 by the dawn of the 80s peter Robert made it back to the eurovision stage on his own as the composer and conductor for the 1980 swiss entry cinema the group performed one more time as a whole for the nation with EO Sensate performing in Italian. Swing, it, Elizabeth Andreessen is the most successful of the four-timers club, as the only performer in the club with a Eurovision victory to her name as part of Bobby Sox in 1985. Andreessen almost repeated that victory in 1996 placing 2nd for Norway with Ieb Higet. She first appeared at Eurovision representing Sweden in 1982 as part of the group Chips. That group placed 8th with their performance of Dog After Dog. 1985 was a reunion of sorts for the members of Chips, as fellow singer Kiki Danielsson represented Sweden that year with Rav Ibroshina. Andreasen's Eurovision record is particularly impressive in that she never placed below 10th place across all of her appearances. For other solo appearance for Norway in 1994, duet placed sixth. As the only act with more than two performances on the Eurovision stage in the last 20 years, Valentina Minetta is the only contemporary member of the Four Timers Club. Given San Marino's small size and equally small contestant pool to draw from, it's not surprising that most of their performers in the nation's 11-year history of performing in the contest appear in my spreadsheet. That includes Sunit, who was the second performer for The Nation in 2011. Manetta and frequent collaborator Ralph Siegel don't have the strongest track record. 2012's The Social Network song had to be reworked after its original lyrical content, which directly referenced Facebook, was found to contain, and I quote, an unreasonable commercial message. And its satirical nature didn't resonate with televoters. Oh, man, only 2014's Maybe has made it to the grand final, and I'd argue it's not the Valentina entry that should have made it. That would be 2013's Chrysalide, Lola. It's also a shame that her duet with Jimmy Wilson, 2017's Spirit of the Night, is her current swan song. Sanit's already secured the 2021 slot for San Marino, But there's still time for Valentina to make Eurovision history and become the only five-time performer at The Contest. Lise Asya is an interesting case that bridges the gap between the four-timers club and performers who appeared on the Eurovision stage three times. Lise performed four songs on the Eurovision stage, but only appeared as an entrant at three Eurovisions. That's due to the unusual nature of the very first Eurovision, where each nation sang two songs, since there were only seven nations in participation. In addition to refrain Liszt performed Das alte Carousel that evening. If that weren't enough for 1956, she was also in the running at the German selection that year, before ultimately being selected as the entry for Switzerland. Lis represented the Swiss for two more years after 1956, singing Longtemps pejete in 1957, and coming in second in 1958 with Giorgio. Even more impressive is how Lis continued to attempt to represent the Swiss in the contest, coming eighth in a close selection for in 2012 for Baku, and entering All in Your Head in the selection for the 2013 contest in Malmo is one of the six artists who's been in the top 10 every one of the three times they performed. This also includes Cory Broken of the Netherlands, who won in 1957 with "Net als Tone. Udo Jürgens from Austria, who won in 1966 with Merci Cherie, as well as Stella Meissen, who represented the Netherlands and Belgium, and Katja Epstein, who represented Germany, neither of whom ultimately won the competition. Only one performer, however, placed in the top five of the competition every one of their three appearances. Corolla. Dogfist is one of the only artists to represent Sweden three times as lead performer, with her first appearance coming in 1983, singing Frommling. 16 points separated first from third place that year, but the song kicked off a career that included collaborating in studio with the Bee Gees. That sounds a little weird for the mid-80s, but trust me, they were everywhere behind the scenes. In 1991, Corolla returned to Eurovision with Van Godd-Avendt which was one of the song's favorite to win the contest that year. It ultimately tied first with France after an extended voting sequence, but won out in the tiebreak after having been awarded more 10 points from nations than France. Throughout the 90s and early 2000s, Corolla kept busy with a variety of projects, including portraying Maria in The Sound of Music, and voicing Miriam in the Swedish dub of the movie The Prince of Egypt. She returned as a Melfest Interval Act in 2005, and promised to return to the contest in 2006 as a contestant. It proved once again to be her year, as she was invincible. As a song, Invincible is a slice of pure schlager, courtesy of Thomas G. doing what he does best, and it placed fifth overall in the contest that year. Carola's career-wide record is seriously impressive. She has 442 points total to her name as a performer in the contest, a number that's become easy to top now only because the jury vote has been separated from the televote. Carola did that all on her own. Though he never won the contest, Domenico Madugno is another three-time participant and the first act to make an impact on the American charts. No Blue di Pinto di Blue, better known as Volare, placed third in the competition in 1958, but also topped the Billboard Hot 100 for three weeks that year and was the first song to win both Record of the Year and Song of the Year at the Grammys. Domenico's other Eurovision songs didn't fare quite as well as Volare, with his 1959 entry placing sixth, and 1966's Dio, Como ti Amo, getting the dreaded No Point and finishing joint last. Malta has never won the Eurovision Song Contest and has the longest history in the contest for a nation that hasn't won, but they've come dangerously close a few times with the help of Kiara. In the 1998 contest in Birmingham, Malta was in the lead, but received no points from final vote giver former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia, dropping them behind eventual winner Dana Internationale by seven points and just missing second place behind the UK's Imani, by one point. Returning in 2005, along with additional second-time performers Selma for Iceland and Helena Paparizou for Greece, this time, Kiara placed second, losing to Paparizou's My Number One by a larger margin. Her 2009 entry, What If We?, didn't do as well as either of those previous entries, but like the rest of her catalog, it's held up well over time and Kiara's reputation as one of the best performers who's never won the Eurovision Song Contest remains strong. Other groups that have similarly strong three-time reputations to Kiara include Germany's Wind, who placed second in 1985 and 1997 of their three appearances, and Hot Eyes, who represented Denmark throughout the 80s, placing fourth in 1984 and third in 1988. Agreeing to represent your country a second time at Eurovision can be a risky move if you didn't win the first time around. But sometimes the second time is the charm. Six acts have won Eurovision their second time on the stage. We've already discussed Johnny Logan, Linda Martin, and Helena Paparizou, who as part of the group Antique placed third in 2001. Let's talk about two of the others that got that sweet taste of victory their second time on the Eurovision stage. You're my sacred passion and I have no other Would it be a discussion of Eurovision without mentioning Bucks Fizz? I'd argue yes. You gotta speed it up But it's worth noting that one quarter of the group, Cheryl Baker, had already been to Eurovision in 1978 as part of the band Coco. That group placed 11th, which at the time was the worst placement ever for the UK. Lol. Lol. But that had to make Making Your Mind Up victory, three years later, all the sweeter for her. Similarly, Dima Balan's victory with Believe had to be sweet after placing second behind Lordi in 2006. Russia had been gunning for a Eurovision victory throughout the 2000s, and throwing all their resources, including Yevgeny Plushenko on a tiny ice rink, at that performance finally tipped things in their favor. Dima's batting record of a second place and a first place gives him one of the best records for multi-time performers in the contest. And his total points earned, 489, just edges out Corolla. Even if you don't win, the second time on the Eurovision stage can be a chance for an artist that was a little green their first time around to show what kind of a glow-up they've had, especially in the last decade of the contest. Due to a judge's choice slot in 2008, Tamara Tadevska was shut out of the grand final that year, despite placing 10th in her semifinal. So she had to be proud to be the judge's top pick in 2019, and placing 7th overall in the contest, giving the former former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia a heck of a start as North Macedonia. Sunstroke Project had already achieved meme status in 2010 with Runaway and The Birth of Epic Sax Guy. The song itself almost didn't make it to the grand final that year, placing 10th in its semifinal by a margin of only three points. When Sunstroke Project made a return in the 2017 contest seven years later, it was a major step up. Hey Mama sailed to the final after placing second in its semi-final behind eventual winner of that year's contest, Salvador Sobral, and gave Moldova its best placement of all time in the grand final, finishing third overall behind Amor Pelos Dois and Bulgaria's Beautiful Mess. Speaking you know, of Bulgaria, Poli Genova has represented the nation twice, once on either side of a break in the mid-2010s. 2011's Na Inat has a great pop-rock edge, but wasn't what audiences were looking for that year, failing to qualify for the grand final. If love was a crime, Five we'll years later, a If Love Was a Crime brought a modern pop sensibility to the contest and does what I love best, mixing national flavor with a strong pop backbone. Bulgaria proved that they meant business now that they were back, placing fourth on the night of the grand final and foreshadowing the strong presence they'd become in years to follow. And finally, it's not a glow-up in quite the same sense as the others, but I can't talk about glow-ups for performers that appeared twice on the Eurovision stage without talking about MFO in the era of Eurovision again. MFO performed twice for Turkey, singing de di Diday Die during their first performance in 1985 and finishing 14th in a field of 19. Four years later, they cracked the code and performed the song of this Eurovision Again summer, Sufi. Which placed 15th in a field of 21. 1988 didn't know how to appreciate what they had, and I'm sure whoever won that year is doing just fine. But it turns out Eurofans know what's up 32 years later, here in 2020. The proof, of course, will be in this year's Eurovision 250 pudding at the end of the year. How high can we, the fandom, get Sufi to climb? There's a lot of ways things can go right for performers who appear at Eurovision more than once, but there's also… whatever the direct opposite of a glow-up is. Plenty of winners have returned with a seeming advantage on the Eurovision stage, only to prove that they nailed the landing the first time around. Maybe it's a matter of time. Charlotte Pirelli of Sweden. Neve Kavanaugh of Ireland, Donna International of Israel, and Alexander Rebak from Norway have all represented their home nation more than once, but each of their second attempts came close to a decade after they first took the prize. Part of it is just that taste change. Take me to your heaven is a primo slice of schlager from 1999, but by 2008, Hero's brand of power Pop just wasn't quite in vogue. And that's how you write a song's energy in 2018. didn't quite match the oomph that Fairy Tale had a decade previous. And that's how a song Looking at the examples of longer stretches like Donna International and Neve Kavanaugh, it becomes even clearer that the further you are from your initial win, the less likely you are to succeed, especially if you're not updating the formula. Ding Dong dong doesn't really change up any of D.Va's original formula. And as a result, it failed to make the grand final 13 years after D.Va won in 1998. And for Niamh Kavanaugh, who represented Ireland for the second time 17 years after winning with In Your Eyes, The contest itself had changed so much in that time, between the various rules around voting methods, orchestration, and performance languages, that she barely qualified out of her semifinal with It's For You. you. What worked in the 90s is not guaranteed to work almost 20 years later. If you're going to do Eurovision twice, it might be best to keep it within the same decade. Even if you didn't win the first time around, just coming close the first time may have been enough, as some recent acts have learned. That includes Yossi Papai, whose 2019 failure to make the finals after a strong first showing in 2017 first put the idea for this episode in my mind. <laughs> Other groups that saw diminished returns in their second appearances include Paula Selig and Ovi, it's a who went from third in 2010 with Playing With Fire to twelfth in 2014 with Miracle, Irelosco, who went from second with 7th Wonder for Malta in 2002, to 12th in 2016 with Walk on Water. And Elitsa and Stoyan, who came close to being champions with water in Helsinki in 2007, placing 5th and marking Bulgaria's first appearance in the grand final. Like Yossi Papai, though, They didn't make it out of the semi-finals in their second appearance in 2013, with the ironically titled Only Champions. After three years of not qualifying in a row, Bulgaria took this as a sign to regroup for a few years and think about their Eurovision intentions before coming back with Genova." Looking over my list for interesting data points, There are only two artists that have failed to qualify out of the semifinals each time they performed since those were implemented for the contest interestingly enough both of these artists were representatives in both the 2005 and 2017 contests omar neighbor who had previously represented slovenia in 2005 with stop also represented them again with on my way in 2017. Similarly, Laura Poltvere has attempted to qualify for Estonia twice, once as part of the group Sun Tribe in 2005 with Let's Get Loud, and in the duet Verona with Koit Tume, who's also performed twice for the nation. (laughs) Equally intriguing when looking over the list of acts are artists who finished in the same place multiple times, Al Bono and Romina Power each represented Italy twice, and each placed seventh every time they did so. Hannah Krog, the other half of Bobby Socks, sandwiched her win as part of the group with two appearances in 17th place, once as a solo act in 1971, and once as part of Norway's Just For Fun in 1991. And Sergei Lazarev might have something to scream about, if he represents Russia and places third for a third time. Life, and, of course, it all comes back to Johnny Logan, who placed first each time he performed. What's another year? So, what's another year when it comes to the Eurovision Song Contest for performers who have already appeared on that stage? With all these examples, the data seems to point out that going back for another year of Eurovision competition is likely not going to be in your favor, especially if you're coming in as a winner. Crunching the numbers, 12 reappearances have ended in a win. 74 performers did better than their first performance, 20 performers did the same, and 150 did worse. Digging further into the... trajectories performers took, a returning winner dropped 9.7 positions on average. Even performers with an initial top five placement dropped an average of nine places on returning to the contest. Overall, an act that came back, regardless of its initial placement, dropped three places on average. Looking across the decades, 35% of the acts that returned since 2010 have seen an increased placement in their most recent appearance. That's the highest rate of improvement since the 70s, but it's also the lowest amount of returning acts, with only 17 performers or groups making multiple appearances at the contest. So what have we learned? Returning to the contest again and either winning or even doing better than your first performance seems like a risky proposition at best. There's only one Johnny Logan for a reason, but it can be done successfully. Next year's crop of returning artists are in a hybrid situation though, a Schrodinger's performance where we know who they are, but haven't actually seen them compete yet. Should one of them win, however, it adds another interesting historical footnote to the legacy of the talented Eurovision performers who preceded them. That's going to do it for this episode of The Eurowhat. Thanks for listening. The Eurowhat Podcast is hosted by Ben Smith, that's me, and Mike McComb. You can subscribe to The Eurowhat on the podcast app of your choice. When you subscribe, leave us a review, let us know how we're doing, and help other Eurovision fans find us. You can contact us through our website at eurowhat.com and on social media at Eurowhat. Have something to say in response to this episode you want played on the show? sound off at eurowhat.com slash sound dash off mike and i are also starting to collect questions for an ask us anything episode later this year for our episode 100 so start sending those in we'll be back in three weeks to talk with will hells about the six on stage project and try to make sense of what's new in eurovision